Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and the lyre. Praise him with the tremble and dancing. Praise him with the strings and the pipe. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. Um, this morning I'm going to be talking on praise, hence the psalm. Um, and as I, as I started thinking about this talk, I realised it was going to be quite a hard talk to write, because I don't actually find praise that easy. In fact, I think I find praise probably the hardest thing to do. Um, out of, say, asking God for things, or even thanking God for things. And I realise that praise is probably the hardest thing to do because it's about God and not about me. Um, so I found this talk quite challenging to write. And the other day we were in at St. Dee's Central, um, the monthly prayer meeting. And Tim started the meeting by saying, let's just have a time of praising God. And so the, the idea was that we speak out praises. And quite quickly, quite a few of us started speaking out things that we were actually thanking God for, not praising him. It's quite hard just to focus your mind on praising God. And this morning I want to look at three particular things about praise. I want to look at three riches that come from praising God. First thing is that praise takes us into the presence of God. A couple of weeks ago, Ed and I were in our flat, and we saw one of my best friends and her boyfriend coming up to our front door. I was quite surprised, because they don't live in Fulham, and you know, we hadn't arranged to see them. And they came in, and we were like, oh, what are you doing in Fulham? And, and they said, well, more to the point, what happened on Saturday night? And Ed and I sort of almost jumped up from our seats thinking, well, maybe they got engaged, but realised they hadn't said that, so they tried to muffle our gasps. And then they said, oh, we, we've just got engaged. And we jumped up from our seats. Had started crying. Um, and we were just, we were so joyful. We, we couldn't stop celebrating all evening with them. And that was the most natural response I could have had to that news. I didn't think, oh, right, must jump up from my seat now. Did, Ed didn't just turn on the tears. It was just, it flowed out of us. And I was thinking how when we finally meet with Jesus face to face, our first and most natural response will be to fall to our knees and praise God. We won't think, oh, this is the moment when I'm meant to bow down. It will just happen. And I don't think we'll be able to stop. But I don't always feel like that when I'm praising God. In fact, sometimes there's that tangible presence of God which 
makes me just want to praise him. But quite often, praise feels like quite an uphill struggle, something that I'm going to have to discipline myself in order to do. And I was thinking, well, if we're not always so aware of God's presence that we praise without realizing that that's what we're doing, then how, how does that fit? And I realized that actually God is so gracious that if we discipline ourselves enough to praise him, that by praising him, he will take us into his presence. So praise isn't just a reaction to God's presence, but it's also something that takes us into his presence. And I think this is because it pleases God so much when we praise him. When we humble ourselves enough to fall to our knees and just give him the glory that his very being requires and deserves. God loves it that he can't resist but take us so closely into his presence. And also when we praise God, we put God back at the center of our lives. So often, I, without even realizing it's happened, I realize that I've put myself back at the center stage of my life. And when we try to praise God from that place, it's, it's difficult because God isn't at the center. But when we do praise him, God undoes that work that we've done and places himself back at the center. And then, of course, we come back into his presence. And praise replaces lies with truth. When we proclaim God's truth, we're naturally dispelling the lies that we've been believing, perhaps about God, or about ourselves, or about situations in life. And the more that we proclaim God's truth, the closer we come to his truth, and therefore come into his presence. Um, a couple of years ago, I was, I was having a, quite an anxious time. And I was sort of trying to be really disciplined and have quiet times where every morning I would just talk about these worries to God, but it, with the hope of giving them to him so that I wasn't worrying anymore. But it wasn't, it wasn't working. The worries were still at the forefront of my mind. So I realized I needed to change my strategy. And so I started every morning with God by praising him. And it was amazing how, by the time I'd finished praising him, I, I didn't need to talk about the worries. I felt like I was opening myself up to God's spirit in a way that his spirit could come in and do the work, rather than me working at it with words. So that's the first point. Praise takes us into the presence of God. The second point is that praise releases God's power. Um, one of the verses in this psalm, verse 2, says, Praise him, praise him for his acts of power. There seems to be a direct relation between our praise and God's power. Um, there's a passage in Acts, which I just want to quickly read. It's Acts 16, and it's about when Paul and Silas are thrown into prison says the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten. After they had been severely flogged they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. 
Upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a violent, such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself, we are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell, trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? This passage shows us so clearly the relationship between power and praise. I was trying to imagine what it would feel like to be severely beaten. I, I have no idea what it must feel like, but I can imagine that all you can think about is the excruciating pain that you're in. That when Paul and Silas were in that inner cell, no matter how they sat, it hurt. And this would be kind of one of those rare moments where you might think you're totally justified in not praising God. I have those moments every time I get the flu. But actually, at this moment, Paul and Silas start singing hymns to God. And you'd think, you know, even if they could get through the pain, they must be quite angry with God. They got thrown into prison because they're doing God's work. They know God could have stopped them from going into prison, but he didn't. And yet, even at that moment, they sing praises to God. And look what happens. It says, as they're singing praises, there's a massive earthquake where all the walls fall down and their chains come off. And they don't run away. So when the jailer comes and sees the situation, he falls to his knees and becomes a Christian. And later on in the passage, it seems that his whole household come to God. Amazing things happen when we praise God. His power is released. There was um, a man that I met out in Hong Kong and he had cancer, he had a huge tumour. And he just made it his mission to keep praising God despite this tumour. And he went back to the doctor and noticed that the tumour had got a little bit smaller. And he went home and he carried on praising God. And the tumour got a little bit smaller. And it actually got to the point where the tumour went completely and he was healed. And he had been spending every day, pretty much for the whole of the day, praising God. When we, we praise God, we release his power into our lives. And this happens in the smallest of situations every day. Um, this week, um, Tim will vouch for it, I, I wasn't very happy on Friday. Um, we found out that in our flat we had a moth infestation. If you know anything about me, I, I hate insects. I'm petrified of spiders. Anything that flies at me, I run a mile. And so to find out that they weren't just flying in our house, but they were breeding in our house, I, I was in quite a state. 
And um, the worst thing was that I was trying to write a talk on praise, and the two weren't going that well together. And after I left the meeting with Tim, I, I sat down on my sofa with my feet kind of tucked up on the sofa, and you go, oh, I don't want them to touch me. And I thought, I'm not living out this, what I'm talking about, praise. So I picked up my guitar, and there's one particular song that I love, All Creatures of Our God and King, and I sang it, which was apt, because I thought all creatures are the moths. <laughs> and, but I literally, within the, first, within the first verse, my whole attitude changed. My perspectives were changed, my mindset was changed, the, the kind of tension in my shoulders went. And it wasn't that I suddenly wasn't scared of the mosque, I was still scared of them. But I, God's spirit had come in and just changed how I was feeling. As I had praised him, his power had been released. And some of this is because when we praise God, we engage with the spiritual battle around us. The enemy is constantly trying to break us down, to feed us with lies to make us see things in a distorted way. But when we praise God, we're proclaiming God's truth, God's sovereignty, God's authority. And these truths dispel the lies. We claim back ground that belongs to God. So that's the second point, that, God, that when we praise, we release God's power into our lives. And the third point is that when we praise, God's purpose is reignited within us. There's a passage in Isaiah where Isaiah has a vision of God. And in this vision, he sees seraphs flying around and praising God. They're saying, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And two things happen when Isaiah sees this wonderful praise. First thing is that he comes face to face with the ugliness of his sin when compared to the glory and the purity and the holiness of God. When he comes into this praise, he can't help but be convicted of his sin, which then leads him to say sorry, to repent for his sin. He says, woe to me, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And when we praise God, when we really praise God, we can't help but come face to face with the parts of us that aren't right with God. And our most natural reaction in that moment is to repent, to say sorry. We can't help it because we're, we're so convicted by what we see. And in that, God then puts us back on track with his purposes. And the second thing that happens to Isaiah is that he gets a renewed sense of his call. When he sees this praise, he's reminded of the king that God is. He's reminded of how wonderful, amazing, glorious God is. And when he sees this, he can't resist but say, oh, let me, let me be a part of this. Let me come and serve you. He says, here I am, send me. I don't know about you, but we often quite grow quite tired and weary of always trying to 
serve God. If you start a new job, you often start a new job with all the vigour that you need. You go in, you're passionate about the job, you're passionate about showing everyone that you're a Christian and praising God in every bit of work that you do. And two months in, you're exhausted and you feel like, I just want to get through the day. But when we praise God, our sense of call, our passions are renewed because we remind ourselves of the king that we're serving. And we want to serve him all over again. So praise reignites God's purpose in us. And these three points, I'm, I'm so aware that these three riches that can come out of praise can only really happen if we take praise seriously. If it isn't the first thing that we sideline when we come to God because we think that praying for things is more important. And I'm convicted that if I don't make this and sow this into every part of my life every day, that what I'm talking about stays on paper and I don't enjoy the riches that come through this praising of God. And I just want to finish um, by reading that psalm again. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and lyre. Praise him with tambourine and dancing. Praise him with the strings and flute. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen.